from Kurtco Media. Are you one of those travelers who's always looking for that great new restaurant or that hidden away gem in every place you visit? Roger Rora, the president of Rosewood Hotels and Resorts, is definitely one of those people. And we're going to hear from him today about his go-to restaurants and secret spots around the world. I'm Bruce Wallen, and this is Travel That Matters. and welcome to Travel That Matters. This is the podcast where we explore the world's most exceptional and meaningful travel experiences and we meet some of the fascinating people who make them possible. I'm extremely excited today to have Raja Arora, the president of Rosewood Hotels and Resorts, as my guest on Travel That Matters. Raja is obviously a legend in the travel world, but he is so much more than that. I don't think that I have ever used the term bon vivant before, and I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but if there's anyone I know who fits that description, it is Raja. Raja is just as comfortable talking about vintage Porsches or Patek Philippe watches as he is about hotels and travel. No matter what subject you're talking to him about, cars, watches, wine, fashion, I can pretty much guarantee he will know more about it than you do. He also, of course, knows a thing or two about luxury travel, particularly when it comes to arguably the most important component of travel, and that is food. Raja has traveled all over the world, and he's dined and helped create many of the best restaurants along the way. We're going to hear from him about some of his favorites, some of his secret spots, as well as his philosophy about food and fun. And of course, We'll also talk to him about some of the very cool hotels and resorts in the works from Rosewood around the world, everywhere from St. Bart's to Sao Paulo. So get ready, because this is going to be a really fun trip around the world that is guaranteed to make you hungry. You've been everywhere, right? You've eaten very well everywhere and probably had quite a few good glasses of wine along the way. And I know that Paris, in particular, is a place that you know well. It's like a a second home for you. So tell us, what is your secret spot? What's your go-to restaurant in Paris? Bruce, I'm always mindful of sharing my experiences because I I want them to be secrets. (laughs) I don't want them to become a tourist haven. We'll bleep out out the names. Uh, Yeah, just bleep out the names. (laughs) You know, I spent a lot of time in Paris and I made sure that I visited all the sort of classic restaurants, the newer restaurants, and the restaurants that visitors like to go to. So there is one particular classic restaurant in Paris that I am in love with. I love the team. I like the way they are so creative. When you talk about provenance, they actually, whether it's the beef, whether it's the, the vegetables or, or, or whatever ingredients that they use is very local. And that's rare to find in Paris because, you know, normally when you talk about Paris, you talk about chicken chasseur or steak frites or blah, 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 you know, or, or really heavy Michelin star restaurants. And that's not, that's not my preference today. So there is this restaurant. It's called Le Bon Georges. And it's a really lovely bistro with a very Parisian atmosphere. They bring your, you know, your daily chalkboard and they list out all the dishes. But the team, the guy, owner, he's a former agriculture engineer. And so he wanted to create this restaurant. 
and I hadn't gone back for a year and a half, but he's now created this whole new little nook where the chef is cooking for you, tiny little table, and they're having fun, and they, you know, they're being little Parisian, and I just love it. So, I mean, just the words bistro, yes. tiny table, yes. chalkboard menu, you know, th- those evoke, yes. you know, emotions in it, right? I mean, it makes me hungry just hearing those three things. And, and I like that picture that, I mean, it sounds like exactly what we're, you know, many of us are looking for. I agree. You know, look, there's a time and place for the Michelin three-star restaurant, but that is, I, I think, I think I've missed that more than the Michelin three-star, like that experience, just pop it in there. I agree. You know, Bruce, his brother, big guy, you know, as soon as I come get off the car, he's waiting for me. Hada, mama, come. Of course, forget COVID. And then he sits you down and the service is so unpretentious. It's phenomenal. All right. We've gone with a classic restaurant in, yes, a classic dining destination. Everybody, everybody knows Paris is a fantastic place for dining. Give us a destination that is a little, a little more under the radar that you, you really don't want to share, but you're, you're going to anyways. There is this restaurant, and I'm sure you've heard of it, Da Vittorio. It's in Bergamo. It's a drive outside of Milan. It's a three-star Michelin restaurant, actually. But unpretentious in this food. They'll surprise you with things like you'll be sitting down and having your martini. They'll, they'll bring, bring out little uh, mini hot dogs. Probably the <laughs> best gherkin, the best tomato sauce on it. It's just different. It's just different, and and you can tell it's not your you know typical hot dog, let's say. But they'll they'll surprise you with these sort of mainstay dishes, and you know how they've put a twist on them. But I know you said you know off the beaten track a little bit. But in Rome, it's called Trilusa, and probably the best pakre pasta, best ever. And it's just that the sauce is just perfect. It's not overdone. It's brilliant. It's owned by a family since 1910. When they finish cooking the pasta for your whoever you're sitting with, they bring out the remaining pasta in the pan and you eat from the pan. And it's just so authentic and it's just great. And the two brothers who run it, I went there for the first time maybe 10 years ago. I walked in, had this spark with them, really enjoyed the conversation. They wouldn't let me pay. And, <laughs> and I went back again. They wouldn't let me pay. Now, I'm not talking about this restaurant because of that, but it is one of the mainstays of Rome. They do fantastic food, great wine list, and a very typical, authentic Roman destination. Are you that kind of dining or culinary traveler where you have a spot in, you know, whether it's on Hong Kong or in, or in Rome or, or Paris that you go, you're going to go back to every yeah, time. Yeah, for me, you know, look, it's not just about the food. It's the experience and, and you long to go there. You sit and talk to the, the restaurateur or owner, proprietor or chef and you have that relationship. You have the relationship with the staff because, you know, anybody can go for a meal anywhere else. Here's your starter, here's your entree, here's your dessert, blah, 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 here's your wine list, boom, done. No, it's not about, about that. Of course, it's the company that you're with, but it's the entire Higher experience is so important to me. Okay, so staying in Europe here for a second, I know you just took a trip to Crete, I believe. Any discoveries there? What, what was that like? When, when you arrive and you take this sort of scenic drive to the hotel that we're staying in, you know, you come across little fishing villages and you think, whoa, that's a really nice town. I'm sure that's a great restaurant. And of course, that restaurant is right on the rocks. It's on the ocean front and you feel the air and you know the fish is fresh and you know it's just what you long for. 
they don't care about look and the feel of the restaurant. It's more about that authentic experience. So we came across this restaurant. It's a typical Greek taverna in Crete. Uh, it's called Blue Door. It was actually a fisherman's little stone house before, which was sort of restored because it's a blue door, comes from a Greek islands where it was a very old tradition to paint the doors blue to keep the evil eye away from the household and bring the men safely back from the sea to their loved ones. So and, you know, there's a little bit of sort of history to it, but also the fact that when you do think about Greece and you do think about these restaurants, you are looking for those blue chairs in the blue restaurant. You know, that sort of first arrival experience. You know, people always talk about no white tablecloths. No, I like white tablecloths. White tablecloths does not mean to say that it's a Michelin star restaurant. White tablecloths means to say, you know what, the proprietor is actually going to try harder than just to throw calamari in your face. So this particular restaurant, while wow, the food was just outrageous and it was just that very authentic and undiscovered, you know, that's, that's the other beauty. That is a huge part of this is discovering, discovering these places yourselves without someone else's guidance. That said, we very much value your guidance here. So yes. we, we want, we want more. You know, everybody's talking about, you know, when, when people go to Paris, they always talk about certain destinations, Monsieur Bleu. You know, all the Paris Societe restaurants, they own almost every other restaurant. But there's one particular restaurant called Giraffe that everybody's talking about at the moment. It's on Trocadero, overlooking the Eiffel Tower. What they've done, and I went there, you know, three, four years ago, but what they've done is they've taken space upstairs and the view is outrageous. It's like Eiffel Tower is in your back garden. It's just extraordinary, extraordinary. Raja is obviously pretty passionate and has some pretty strong opinions about food. But it's clearly not just about the food for him, it's about the whole dining experience. So I asked him how that philosophy plays out at his hotels and resorts. I think what it is, Bruce, is the trust and faith in the people that we hire. And it's just, it's the essence of who we are as a brand, the people that we hire in any property that you take. If, if I was to sort of search through the, our entire portfolio and see who does what from a, from a culinary fair and, and how they extend themselves and how they embrace the community, how they take Rosewood on the road, go to people's homes, take clients on journeys. In Mayakoba, typically what happens in is that once a week, the managing director, Daniel. I know Daniel well, yes. What he's done is over the years, he's, uh, you know, they set up this sort of farm table. They invite the clients. They sit there, they talk, they play music, and they serve great food. And Chef Juan Pablo, who is a fantastic personality, what they've done is they've established these relationships. And when these clients do come back, they take them on the, on the road to, let's say, Oaxaca and experience a culinary fair there. And so why do they do that? I mean, it's not because, oh, it's business. They do it because it's very heartfelt and they know that's what the client wants. Las Ventanas, the same thing. They take you to different destinations within Mexico and meet local artisans. And the hotel team does that. Why? Again, because they know that when the guests come and stay with them, it's not just transactional. It's much more experiential and lending their personalities to the guest. You mentioned personalities and you mentioned Juan Pablo Loza at yeah. Mayakoba. I have, I have to tell you a quick, quick story. My quick story about Juan Pablo. Uh, years ago when he was at Las Ventanas, actually before Mayakoba, yeah. I was there. It was the first trip I was taking with my now wife many, many years ago. And they invited us to do a cooking class at, at Las Ventanas. Mm. 
we show up at this cooking class, and here's Juan Pablo Loza, who looks like, I don't know, George Clooney or Cary Grant. Jorge or Clooney, what, I mean, as we call him. The, <laughs> Clooney, the most charming, great-looking guy ever. And here he is talking about how he learned to cook at his grandmother's yes. knee and all this stuff, and he's making us this incredible meal. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I think I'm I'm gonna lose her right now. I think it's this is it. Like it, it was yeah. he completely charmed both of us, by the way. So and I've I've seen him many times since at, at Mayakoba. But he really does kind of encapsulate that for me, what you guys do. And it's like he's a part of the experience. Yes. It's not just that his food is great, but like he really he's funny, he's dynamic, and and it, and his food is just all part of everything that he does and, and that interaction. And those are the things that you remember, right? You don't necessarily remember that specific taco. Yeah, exactly. But you remember everything that went around it and, and, and the experience that you had. And, 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 you know, to your point, Bruce, this is the beauty of the brand. We're a family and we banter, we joke. And by the way, that happens not just there, be it in Hong Kong or in Paris or London. The relationship that we forge with the team and allows them to be their own personalities. They feel safe and comfortable to be able to come up with fantastic ideas. And Juan Pablo, you just know he's confident in what he does. He knows what he's doing. It's not just that he's being jovial and he's being, you know, a great culinarian in front of you, but he's actually really thoughtful and, and is always coming up with these novel ideas. I mean, he opened this new restaurant in Mayakoba called Zapote. And the food is phenomenal. And again, we have a chef in London, in the Holborn Dining Room, for instance. She's actually created this pie room. And again, very typical British. Of course, it goes against the grain today where people are being healthy and having vegan food and all that. But no, if you go into restaurants, you still need to be able to enjoy yourselves, of course. But here we are. We have the pie room. We're talking hearty pies. We're talking curried mutton, chicken with tarragon and mushroom. We're talking about pork pies. Yeah, things that are quintessential British. Like, give me an example, something like that. But like one moment where you you were at a Rosewood property or experienced something, and you were just like, okay, that's it. This is what it is all about. Some kind of dining experience. It's just like perfectly captured what it is that you guys are going for. I'm not sure if you've seen Arbol. It was created by Frederick and his team back three years ago. And of course, in, when you go to Mexico, you need to have Mexican food. But of course, Las Ventanas has got a sushi and tequila library. Uh, you've got the grill and you've got, also got the main restaurant. But also what they did was they thought, okay, we'll put in an Asian fare. Because, you know, when you think about Asian cuisine, the spices and the, the ingredients, the herbs that they use, you know, there's some similarities. So they created this Asian fare, which has been ultra successful and attracts people, you know, from the outside, from other properties and, and within the local community of Los Cabos. And then I will tell you, Hong Kong, I mean, when you think of the restaurants that we've created over there, We've got the Legacy House, which is typical Chinese food that was very classic dishes, but a modern interpretation. And then we also had a, another concept, an Indian food called Chaat. And this, this restaurant is just, it has lines for three months and people are just waiting to get into the restaurant. We have a Spanish fair there as well. So we look at the audience, we see what, what the local community is looking for. And sometimes, yeah, you take risk and you say, okay, well, this restaurant concept on paper would not belong in, in this destination. But 
you know, you really got to understand your client, where they're coming from, what they're looking for. It doesn't, you know, if you go to Hawaii, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you're going to have poke. Well, I, you know, actually, you know, being based in Puerto Vallarta right now, I, I've always been one like, if I'm in Mexico, I want to eat Mexican food, right? Sure. But when you're here for several months, you know, you like a pizza every once in a while. But I also think it's important to, to realize, to, I, you know, it's also changed my perspective. Um, you talked about the Rosewood in Hong Kong. It's attracting a, a big local crowd right now, right? Yeah. Like locals, sure, they love their culinary traditions, and everything, but they also like to have different styles of food. Yeah. So I think it is important to, to kind of understand the destination as a whole, not just that specific culinary tradition, but how they embrace other traditions as well and, and types of food. And getting back to the dining destinations for a bit, what are some of the places that you see as emerging spots? You know, like we've talked about Paris, about Rome, Hong Kong, Mexico. What are the ones that you see as kind of being the, the up and coming culinary destinations? Looking ahead, you know, Croatia is one of those des destinations that people speak of. And last year, I was lucky to be invited by somebody to go on a yacht experience up and down Croatia. It was just a, a lovely experience. And when I talk about this other experience in, in Crete and the places that we found just by sailing and, and, and sending somebody out to scout these restaurants on the beach, on the rocks, just fantastic food, great local fish, people who are lovely. So yeah, Croatia is one of those destinations because of the food, because of these, these magical, still kind of undiscovered. People talk about Croatia, but there are no certain uh, destinations within Croatia that are still undiscovered. And small villages that we would come to, take the tender and then just go there. Gorgeous. It is ripe for a rosewood, I think. But it's funny you bring up Croatia because I was actually in Slovenia a couple of years ago. And I think a lot of these destinations are kind of trying to position themselves as the next big dining destination. You know, I know Slovenia is is really, you know, it's it's got a lot of the same type of terrain as Italy. A lot of the same ingredients, everything like that. Yeah. The food's not the same as Italy. You know, I think they're they're working on. I think they're really trying to build up their it as a culinary destination. I think Croatia the same, where it's kind of you know, look, it's a lot of the same ingredients you find in Greece or in or in Italy. All the ingredients are there, and I think it's it's like we're going to see these destinations emerging over the next several years. Yeah, and 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 you know, talking about those kind of destinations, another one that comes to mind, Bruce, is Cartagena in Colombia. I've been to Bogota. I had fantastic food and beverage experience in uh, in Bogota. I'm not sure if you've been to the restaurants, but the scenes are magical. And I, what I love about places like that, it's more tapas style. They bring you a share. You know, I hate these sort of plated courses. I don't know about you, but I love to kind of, when I look at a menu, I look at, okay, what have they got for the appetizers and salads? I may not, I may not even look at the entrees. I'll just look at appetizer salads, order a few of those, and share those, and and get a real sort of flavor of the restaurant and the destination. So, what is that in Bogota? Like, what what kind of tapas style food are you? What what are they known for in in Colombia, and what kind of stands out to you? It's more meat related, and of course, right. And Colombians like their meat, but the quality of the meat, obviously, how it's reared and how it's grown and 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 how it's preserved makes a huge difference yeah you know actually when, when we were looking at places to move temporarily cartagena was definitely on that list one of these places that's you know extremely interesting from a cultural perspective but then also has you know just great 
beaches all around and places, you know, islands that you can go off to, the food, everything about it. Very exciting destination. And I agree with you. I think that's just going to get more and more open and interesting for travelers. And it just also uh, came to mind, I do want to go to Uruguay. It's a place that I've not been to. I hear some great things about Uruguay. And of course, you know, Francois, uh, what's his name, Malman, he comes from Uruguay. The one time that I had his food, obviously not in Uruguay because I've not been there, in a place in Provence called uh, Via Coste. The culinary fair that he's created is, is, is outrageous. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to hear Roger's thoughts on St. Bart's, Sao Paulo and more. On medicine, we're still practicing. Join Dr. Stephen Tabak and Bill Curtis for real conversations with the medical professionals who have their finger on the pulse of healthcare in the modern world. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Produced by Kurt Co. Media. Welcome back to my conversation with Rosewood Hotels and Resorts President Raja Aurora. I also have not been to Uruguay, but I've heard great things about it. And, of course, about Malman's cuisine. But, okay, of all the places that you have been, what is the one dining destination you recommend? What, what is your favorite place to eat? When it comes to food as a destination to go to, I think there's none better than Mexico. Because you can go light, you can go heavy, you can do all kinds of things. You can spice it up and you don't have to spice it up. And forget the tequila. I mean, that's just a sort of icing on the cake, if you will. Well, I could not agree with you more on that front. Speaking of Mexico, I know you guys have a new resort opening just up the road from me at Mandarina on the Riviera Nayarit in a couple of years. I know you also just opened the Villa Magna Hotel in Madrid. What else do you have coming up what else is in the works from rosewood look uh bruce we you know we've got uh, it changes but we're at 28 properties 29 going on to 29 properties we're opening the guanahani as you know so we're opening villa magna first and then we're going to open the guanahani in St. Bart's. and we talk about great food destinations i mean St. Bart's is not bad it's ridiculously expensive but an, <laughs> also an amazing destination to go to fantastic restaurants and there, there's so much life and what a what a great what a great island that is so I'm particularly proud well, just, just French Caribbean just yeah. you know you're going to get good food yeah for sure I mean it'll cost you a penny but you know more than more than your airfare to get to St. Bart's but still it's good <laughs> and then when you talk about South America we're going to Brazil we're going to Brazil at, maybe toward the end of the year beginning of next year in Sao Paulo. Now, is this a, is this a historic building? Is this a, is it a tower? Is it uh, to, uh, describe a little bit about right? This so it's an old hospital, and that that was lying dormant. So it's an old building, an old relic with a newer tower added to it uh, by Jean Novel, who's the architect, and we and Philippe Stark is the uh, designer. And so the place is going to be absolutely stunning. Lots of culinary fairs, and the artwork is going to be outstanding. All local artisans. And so you're going to have people who were actually born in this building yes. coming back to stay yes. with you as your guests. That's yes. just a good story. There's yes. a great story. And, you know, we'll, instead of live music, we'll feed in sort of, you know, babies crying maybe. As, as <laughs> <laughs> and then what's next? I know you have a lot in like 2023 and beyond. The next opening would most likely be Vienna. 
Again, Austria is not one of those destinations where you, you know, go and eat food. But this is a very special place in a very special location. And it's old bank. It's in a, it's a conversion of an old bank uh, with a fantastic rooftop bar. So Vienna, I'm very excited about. Again, it's one of those destinations that would not normally be on your bucket list, you know. But in this case, we'll have Vienna. Then we have Amsterdam. We have Venice. We have Munich. Again, you know, which brand is out there, you know, announcing properties in Vienna and Munich? Okay. Venice, Amsterdam, Vienna, Rome, yes. Munich. I mean, these are big time, you know, European cities. Do you have anything like, uh, you know, resorts coming up? I know you have St. Bart's. Yeah. What else on the, on the more resort front do you have? So from a resort standpoint, Mandarina is going to be one. But before that, I think we'll be opening our first property in Hawaii. We found probably the most authentic spot in Hawaii. If there was a spot where you were going to sort of take a pen and, and put sort of, you know, have us take a stab at it and say, okay, this is the point where Rosewood needs to be. This is where we're going. And it's called Kona Village. It's on the big island. And as you know, it was favored by Steve Jobs for, for decades. And it was a place that he would always go to. It's a place that I think I know I'm very excited about this property and, and it's a place that anyone who has been to the Big Island in the past however many years has seen that, the, you know, the old structures there, the thatch roof that like wondered how on earth no one's done anything with that property. And it's such a spectacular location with such a great history. And it's very exciting to see that you guys, I mean, there's a lot of great resorts in that area. Oberis just opened, you know, or recently opened the, reopened the Manolani. There's Hawalai, there's the Mauna Kea, so on and so forth. Like, I, I love that part of the world. Yeah. But Kona Village, you know, has the potential to, it's just such a special location. It's special. All right. Well, thank you so much for all your insights. It's been so great having you on today, Raja. I really appreciate your time. I look forward to continuing this conversation and seeing a lot of these great new properties and trying some of these restaurants. I can't wait. Take care. Bye-bye. And now for the Walden Wrap-Up. There's one thing that Raja said today that I don't even think he intended it to be a major point, but it really stuck with me. And that was about multicultural food in international cities. And what I mean is he was talking about the Rosewood in Hong Kong and he was telling us about, you know, they've got a Chinese restaurant, of course, but they also have an Indian restaurant. They also have a Spanish restaurant. I think they have other restaurants. I think at first glance, a lot of us would say, well, I, you know, I'm in Hong Kong. I want to eat Chinese food. But the truth of the matter is these cities are multicultural, just like New York City. Do we go to New York City for hamburgers and hot dogs? No, we might go for pizza. But we are going there for the multicultural experience of New York City, and food is a huge part of that. International cities are no different. They all offer their own takes, of course, of their own food traditions, but also on these many different influences that they've had over the years. And I mentioned, you know, Mexico, I have experienced that. Being here for several months, you're going to want to eat different types of food, but it's also been very interesting. Of course, I want my pastor tacos. I want my carnitas tacos. However... It's also nice to experience the different foods, the Asian foods, the European foods that have been brought over here by the people who have immigrated from those regions to Mexico. So next time you're in Japan, don't forget that great Austrian place for schnitzel down the street. And most important, keep an open mind and keep on eating. 
I'd like to thank Radha Aurora for joining us today on Travel That Matters. For more information on the resorts, restaurants, and hotels that we talked about today, please check out our show notes or visit KurtCo.com. The show is produced for Kurt Co. Media by A.J. Mosley and Dara Stone. Music by Joey Salvia. I'm Bruce Wallen, and we will see you down the road. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.